Greetings, and welcome to the Saved by Nostalgia podcast. I love the power glove. It's so bad. No! I feel the need. The need for speed. Sweep the leg. You have a problem with that. Dead or alive, you are coming with me. Look I what you did, you little jerk. Murdoch. I'm coming to get you. Get busy living. Or get busy dying. You are next. And the thing is, after all these years, I still look back with wonder. Just take those old records off the shelf. It's a house party, Saved by the Bell style. It may be a bit of a risky business ripoff, but we're going to delve right into it anyway. We don't have the Bob Seger, but what we do have is Barbara Ann. We have Tori Spelling. We have Maxwell Nerdstrom. We have a plethora of great uh, stuff going on here in this episode. House Party, Noah, is one that I've always been fond of. And as we look at it now, 27 years later, 28 years later, what are your thoughts uh, going into it? I know we both watched this a million times. I'm an unabashed fan. I'm a mark for this episode. What say you? Absolutely. I mean, we get to see Screech's house, Screech's mom. We meet uh, Maxwell Nerdstrom, who's one of my favorite uh, characters and nerds, even though uh, we think of the all these characters that we've had on and will have on uh, as prominent figures in the show, maybe in 10, 12 episodes, and it's end up like two, three, one. Like it, It's insane <laughs> how they make that work. Uh, but this is a strong one for me. I absolutely love this episode, uh, how they're trying to replace the Elvis statue. We'll get into all this. They have the poker game, Hound Dog. We meet Herbert Hodis. There's so much in this episode that I love it, and I can't wait to start it off as we start off in Screech's house for the first time and his parents leaving for four days. I love this, starting off in Screech's house, and um, the, uh, the parents are going out of town. We meet um, Screech's mom, Roberta Powers, played by Ruth Buzzy. And uh, she's off on vacation to Graceland, presumably with the dad. They just didn't bother to hire an actor, apparently, for that. <laughs> and she's obviously an Elvis-obsessed person. She's got the statue. They're going to Graceland. Their dog's name is Hound Dog. And she's leaving the house with uh, Screech and Zack. And although she's got some rules uh, to comply by, no big deal. Just uh, like a couple hundred rules. No parties, no girls, no fun. But Zack's there for the sleepover. And uh, the guys want to have a party. But you know what? They decide, no, babes, they're going to have a guy's night. Screech says they're going to rip phone books in two and burp as loud as they want. Uh, you know what? And just every time that I see them concoct this plan, I get excited. Like, I want to be a part of this. I want to be over there. This looks like fun. I am in on this house party. I am, too. I just found it was kind of odd. It just kind of took me by surprise that Zach didn't come up with a, a plan to get the girls over there. And he just kind of acquiesced to Screech, who was kind of anxious and nervous about breaking any of these rules. Like, he's like, okay, well, well, we'll just deal with the rules and we'll just have a guy's night. Like, usually Zach is just, no, we're absolutely breaking these rules. The girls are coming over. Forget it, Screech. You're doing what I tell you. So it's kind of nice uh, that uh, Zach kind of read in on the anxiety and the worry of Screech. And he's like, okay, okay, okay. We'll just have a guy's night. So I thought that was nice. Uh, you kind of get a closer look into their friendship, and it's not always Zach just pushing him around, making him do whatever is at his bidding at the time. Um, but uh, we get back to school, and we get our first look at Violet Ann Bickerstaff, played by, you mentioned it, Tori Spelling, who likes Screech, and Screech likes her. I'm not sure I've ever heard of such a thing, but it has happened. A girl likes Screech, 
And Screech likes the girl. We, well, we do know that Screech likes a lot of girls, but the girl likes him back. Also, our first look at our guest today, Jeff Ash as Maxwell Nerdstrom, Violet's boyfriend. Uh, Violet's talking to Screech, and Maxwell is not happy. Violet and Bickerstaff, and he calls her over, and boy, he reads her the riot act. Uh, he just immediately jumps off the screen. He's a small little guy. He's obviously a rich nerd. They've made <laughs> Maxwell Nerdstrom. Just come on. The plays on words are classic with these characters. You got Ronald Geekman. Later on, you're going to have Franklin Finkley, Herbert, Herbert Hodas, Ollie Creakley. But Maxwell Nerdstrom is maybe a step ahead of them all. He just, he has it all. He's the richest geek at Bayside. He's the most powerful geek at Bayside. So Screech wonders how Violet could like him when she has a guy like Maxwell, but he's controlling he uh, says, you don't speak to, to anyone but me, any, any nerd but me. And I can't wait to talk to Jeff Ash about this character, about how it came to be, and uh, his portrayal of Maxwell Nerdstrom, which just, I mean, he's in this episode in Class Rings, like a couple seasons later, and it stands out. I love him in this. I and wish we he was in more episodes, but this is great. We're going to ask him to reprise his scene. Uh, hopefully he will acquiesce, as uh, Zach did to, to Screech, as I mentioned earlier. Hopefully uh, Jeff Ash will acquiesce to us and reprise his scene, uh, calling Bic uh, Violet Ann Bickerstaff over and reading her the riot act. Hopefully we can get that done. Well, let's see if it does. We're going to bring on our guest. For this episode, it is Jeff Ash, a.k.a. Maxwell Nerdstrom. Jeff, welcome to Save by Nostalgia, man. How's everything going? How are you today, my friend? Everything's great out here, man. Weather's gorgeous. Everything's wonderful. Doing a show, and um, it's just beautiful. Life out here is nice. Well, I'll tell you what, Jeff. You know, of course, you know, there's a couple. I don't know if you, you know, I'm sure you've been talking to Noah. There's a couple idiots out there that are going <laughs> back and reviewing all 86 episodes of Say by the Bell, and you're talking to them. So, congratulations. We are the idiots. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, first off, what do you think about that? I mean, do you, uh, when you. We're on this show for the two episodes you were on it. Did you ever think that it would have the staying power that it that it has had? Never, never in a million years. No, I didn't. I didn't realize it would become like this still today. Years, this many years later. Yeah, like and, and like you say, it was only on two episodes too. So, uh, especially never, never for me for sure. <laughs> but they were very memorable episodes, Jeff. Of course, you played the memorable role of Maxwell Nerdstrom which uh, yeah. is just unforgettable. Kind of just talk about how you got involved with the show, how your, your maybe the audition process was if you met with, uh, you know, uh, with Peter Engel and sure. some of the writers and producers. How did that all kind of come about for you? Oh, gosh, yeah, I remember that like it was yesterday, actually, because I don't know if you heard, the, heard this or not. I actually crashed the audition. So, oh. um, yeah, it was my roommate's audition. <laughs> and, uh, and he brought home, I'll never forget it, he brought home the sides, and I looked at it, and he showed it to me, and said, are you kidding me? This is perfect for me. So much, I, I said, I'm going to go, and he didn't care. <laughs> so I crashed it, but it was such a long time ago, and I didn't even know, you know, what times they usually saw people and all that. And I ended up crashing that lunchtime. <laughs> and what the casting uh, director, Robin Lippin, was still there. Mm -hmm. And uh, she must have known I really didn't have an appointment, but she, she wanted to hear me read anyway because she liked my look. So she actually heard me read, brought me right to the producers. Um, I think it was that same day, actually. Uh, and I met Pete, uh, Peter Engel, and like the, the, fo the following day, I heard I got the part. 
Oh, wow. So, yeah, it's pretty amazing. That, that, that story is definitely one, one for the ages. Yeah. What are some of your memories of working uh, with the cast and crew, uh, whether it's the main cast of kids, other cast members, Dennis Haskins, uh, you mentioned Peter Engel there a little bit, and, uh, some other producers. Yeah. yeah. Always wonderful. I mean, uh, the, because the, the two episodes that I did were two years apart. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, so the first one I did in 1990, and that, that was just, just fantastic. I mean, it was, from what I remember, being on the set all week. Um, there wasn't one thing that sticks in my mind, that the whole thing was just um, unbelievably pleasurable, you know, the whole thing. And then a couple of years later, they called me out of the blue to do the second one, but they wanted to make sure I didn't get too old. So they brought so they brought me in first, and then they said, "Okay, yeah, yeah, we can, we can still cast him. He still looks young enough." So, <laughs> I just wish they had cast me in more. That's all. Oh, absolutely, we do as well. But uh, you talked about that first episode, nineteen ninety house party, and uh, yeah. you're a little rough there on Violet Bickerstaff, your girlfriend, who was played by uh, the great Tori Spelling. Uh, and uh, Jesse yeah. Elizabeth Berkeley tries to uh, stand up for her, and you tell her you know exactly what she needs, and you plan a kiss on her. We have to ask, oh, what yeah. was that like, uh, kissing Elizabeth Berkeley, kind of swooping her down in your arms? Oh, that was wonderful, of course. <laughs> There's so many adjectives <laughs> you can use to describe that, but I mean, they're, they're, they're all positive. <laughs> Definitely wonderful. Uh, she's great. The whole cast was just really easy and nice to work with and um it was just it was just great i just wish that yeah fantastic well jeff talk about uh kind of work how you found kind of the voice and the mannerisms for maxwell nerdstrom uh one of the more identifiable nerds in the entire show and there are many uh but talk about kind of how yeah. you found uh found your your way with maxwell and kind of what your plans were for him and how you think it came out sure Sure. Well, when I first saw the sides, I saw that he wasn't just a nerd, but he was a sarcastic nerd. Uh, he <laughs> thought he was, he really didn't look at himself as a nerd. He thought, he thought he was, I mean, you know, six foot two, tall buck and handsome, according to him. So he just walked around like he owned the place. And I saw that in the sides. And so I decided to go that way with it, you know, and I, it just made it a little bit funnier, you know, that <laughs> this little guy, thinking he owns the world, walking around, kissing girls, <laughs> you know, snapping his fingers and telling me to get over here <laughs> and telling them to get over here. Yeah. So I just, in the script, it kind of lends itself to that. Um, so it was kind of easy to make up the character because uh, he was obviously very, very, very uh, sarcastic. A little mean, too, you know, a little pretentious. Yeah. yeah, there's this kind of a strange phenomenon with the Say by the Bell. Uh, we remember all these characters. We remember them fondly, and we have just these vivid memories of them. And we go back and we look, and it's one episode, two episodes. You're like, no, 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 no. It's got to be more than that. But it's just these few episodes. It's yeah. crazy. It's Yeah, yeah, that's what I, I hear from everybody. It was only two episodes, and I, you know, that's why I never thought it was going to be a big deal, especially for me. But it was nice. It was one of the first things I did, so... Uh, ever <laughs> so it was uh yeah that was way back there in the 90s so i was just a young and actually even though i was older than everybody else in the cast well yeah <laughs> yeah well, what, what well, were some of your memories of uh working with mark paul gosler specifically because uh, in those two episodes house party and class rings it was really mainly you two uh, that had the interaction uh you worked a lot with mark yeah. paul so what were your memories of him 
Oh, he's a great guy. I mean, uh, it's it. There, there's no, you know, like specific memory that comes to mind about him. He was he was just very very nice to work with. Um, you know, you know, had a really nice personality. Very, you know, great with the guest stars. Great with everybody. The whole cast was, you know, really. And I, I remember uh, Ruth Buzzy was on that episode too. <laughs> we just had the the biggest ball on that set <laughs> with, with with her. We could not stop laughing for for eons with her. He played uh, she played Screech's mom. Yes, <clears throat> with the oh yeah, with the uh, Elvis statue. And she she was just she was just something to work with. Very funny lady. <laughs> Uh, in the in the house party episode, the uh, the other nerd that was featured was was Herbert Hodes. Uh, do you remember working with him much? He was on several episodes as well, and one of the most famous nerds. Uh, what are your memories with, of, of Herbert Hodes? With the blonde fro afro out there. Oh yes, yes. Okay, yes, I do. I think he may have been on um, a couple of the episodes that I was on. Those two, uh, I totally remember him. Didn't really talk to him much though. Uh, but I, I do remember him, you know, like like it was yesterday. It has a very interesting look as well, you know. So yeah, he was on a lot of those. A lot of those nerds were just on like all the time, you know, uh, week after week, either as extras or he that they, they had lines under fives and stuff like that. So it was fun. It was fun to play nerds on that show. It really was. They could go anyway. Well, it'll definitely something that will never be forgotten, Jeff. And we can't uh, thank you enough for taking some time to talk to us uh, about to say by the bell in your career. And we're just hope, just glad everything's going great. And we just cannot thank you enough. It's just been a pleasure, man. We uh, best of luck going forward. Likewise. We hope uh, with the, with the play and everything. Hope everything turns out great for you. Oh, thanks so much. I appreciate. Uh, I really appreciate it, guys. Thanks for calling, and uh, it's been a pleasure right here as well. Right back at you. you. Great. To hear from Jeff Ash, who did his best Maxwell Nerdstrom impression. We cannot thank him enough. That was awesome. You he can't do this it. episode without having him on and talking to him. It was it was great. Oh, yeah. I just loved it and talked to him about uh, kissing Elizabeth Berkeley as after he reads Violet uh, the Riot Act, Jesse goes over to tell him off and he bends her down and gives her a kiss. And uh, we talked to him about that and uh, just kind of working with Elizabeth Berkeley and how great she was and how great it was working with the cast. But uh, sadly for Maxwell, Violet ends up breaking up with him. I wish we would have got that scene and got to see it, got a, a little more in-depth to Violet's character and how she stood up to him. Um, and the girls kind of sit there with her and try to get her to date Screech. They're talking about what a great guy he is and... Violet says, oh, yeah, he's just dreamy and a hunk, and Lisa's just beside herself, but uh, she keeps her mouth shut because she's thinking, this will be great. I can get rid of him. I can push him off onto someone else. Yeah, and here we go. Uh, Screech has his lady. I never was a fan of Tori Spelling. I'm no. still not. I don't really like the Violet character, although it's nice to have a, a foil for Screech. I like the idea of him kind of having a girlfriend. Something about Tori Spelling, just her... Dad is Aaron Spelling. I I don't know like the whole thing. I didn't like she's her. Better, her she's better in this than she is in nine hundred two and zero. But that also may be because she's in this less than she was nine hundred two and zero. Well, I'll tell you what we do have is a seminal say by the bell moment as the guys are performing Barbaran in the home. A huge ripoff of uh, Tom Cruise's um, old time rock and roll bit from Risky Business. But the guys mm -hmm. are wearing uh, neon clothing and Macho Man Randy Savage glasses. And it is a great scene as they are lip syncing and playing air guitar to Barbara Ann in Screech's house. It's just like, how fun is that? I love just 
it's got to be like a weekend. These guys are cutting loose. We rarely see what happens outside of school. And when we do, I'm always a fan of it. This is great. Amazing scene. The girls crash the party, though. Too soon, in my opinion. I wanted to see more of what was going on, I guess. That's weird, I think. Not now really that I think about soon, it. But how did they get in? Did they break into his house? Was there a door open? Like, could they just come right in, like, without the guys knowing? Yeah, they were just standing there, like, in, in sight, laughing, acting like they're hiding. And then they kind of reveal themselves. And the, the statue gets broken. Uh, Violet broken. Jesse and Violet are dancing, mimicking the guys. And it uh, looks like the king is dead again. And um, then we cut to a dream sequence. We know we're huge fans of these. And it's just basically Screech's mom has died. And uh, Belding's playing Elvis. And he's giving a concert at the Pearly Gates. He uh, gives Screech the okay. He says it's okay. But the damage is done with the statue. And Screech knows he's got to make this right somehow. Um, not the worst dream sequence. But again, we're just not huge fans of these. I don't know if our buddy Bennett Tramer wrote this one or what we'll have him on in future episodes maybe ask him about it because i don't know not the worst dream sequence i mean maybe not the worst but boy was that one down there oh man this one was way down there for me just making elvis puns dressed up like elvis uh, screech's mom with the wings I mean, this one, oh, this was rough to get through this dream sequence, as we talked about uh, in our last podcast with Driver's Education, how that was maybe our favorite dream sequence, this one. Boy, this one was rough to get through. Luckily, they're short, so it's not too uh, terrible. It's, uh, it's not too damaging to try to get through it, but man, that was a rough one. But we move on as we have to. We have to move on from that dream sequence somehow. I know you're all wanting us to get further into detail about that, but Zach says that they can buy a new statue, and Lisa found one that cost $250. So the plan is that they're going to take the money away from Maxwell in a poker game, who says that he he's rarely played poker. Uh, then cut to Screech's house. They're all around the poker table. Maxwell's dealing the cards, says the name of the game is Five Card Stud. Some say they named it after me, which I thought was a great line from Jeff Ash as Maxwell Nerdstrom. Uh, and he wipes up and wins. Hound Dog. Screech's dog was bet in this last hand as Zach has a horrible poker face saying, ooh, 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 showing everyone. And they smile and they're excited saying, Screech, he can't lose, like out loud. And Maxwell's still betting, so you have to think that you're beat there, but... They end up losing Hound Dog, and now they've got to get back the Elvis statue and Hound Dog. Now you get to the point where you wanted earlier. Zach's going to finally plan a party and scheme his way around this. It's finally going to happen. So only Zach Morris would uh, throw a party and charge uh, $10 a head. But there's a hilarious moment in the locker room where Slater is about to assault <laughs> Maxwell. But his bully alert goes off, and Mr. Belding barges in, and he says, I'm here to protect, ge protect geeks, guys like you. Hilarious uh, from Dennis Haskins there. First that we've seen of Mr. Belding, I think, in this whole episode, and it's all that we're going to see of him. Um, but Maxwell is a, you know what? He's a kind and gentle soul. He says he will swap the dog with a date with the legs. He wants a date with Jesse Spano, and he will give up the dog for that purpose. And um, so now they have to start, try to negotiate that. And this whole thing is just, I love where all this is going. Multi-layered, bets being <laughs> lost, money out the door. We've those statues broken just every horror that could possibly happen <laughs> when your parents go out of town and i love every second of it yes they talk jesse into doing the date uh and maxwell uh, they arrive uh, to this party and maxwell wants to uh, rock a till we drop her with jesse and they go off and start dancing 
Maxwell's friend keeping the dog was Herbert Hodis. I never really paid attention to that. He's got uh, a little watch that apparently he uh, signals, and Herbert Hodis finally comes in. Uh, but Maxwell wants a kiss from Jesse before the handover is finally complete, and Hound Dog is handed back over to Screech. But uh, Zach gets Hound Dog and rubs his nose on Maxwell's lips, uh, and Maxwell thinks he had just kissed Jesse. Uh, apparently Maxwell has never been kissed before. I'm not sure how you think a dog's nose rubbing up against your lips uh, could be a kiss, but he's he he's he's on cloud nine. What a woman! I love it. Great line. He finds out it's the dog. He runs away, uh, never to be seen again for two more seasons. But uh, meanwhile, uh, we have Screech's parents coming home because, of course, they are. Again, this is risky business all over again. And Kelly. <laughs> Funny line, Kelly just yells, parents! <laughs> and people scatter, and they're hiding behind books and things. And uh, really lazy writing here is um, Screech's mom, obviously, just horrified. Says, this looks like a party. Zach says, it's because it is a party. And a, and a banner drops from the ceiling saying, happy anniversary. <laughs> like, no, 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 no. I buy a lot of this stuff. I have a suspension of reality when it comes to Say by the Bell. <laughs> I draw the line here. He had this... Happy anniversary sign, just ready to go, just in case. Oh, my God. Crazy, um, and I don't really buy that, but uh, fun nonetheless. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I just cannot buy that. Like, I I know Zach is usually thinking ahead, and he's got all these great schemes in, in store, and he's got some saved in a, a vault that he pulls out whenever he needs them, but this is just too far for me. He's... Well, there's a split chance that they could come home early. If so, I'm gonna have this banner, and we're having a party for them. And yeah, I no, I'm sorry, but uh, the parents come home, and Slater arrives just as they do, but he trips over a stair. I don't imagine Slater doing that, but it happens. <laughs> Zach falls over the couch, catching Elvis. Just as Screech's mom is entering the room, he puts Elvis up, and she sees it, and he's like, "Elvis is facing the wrong way." He likes to face the kitchen. He likes to watch me cook. And then they boogie down for the anniversary party that they are throwing for him, a big celebration uh, that Zach has concocted, which I don't buy. I don't see how that's possible. But it has happened. It's up there with the prom for me. I don't know that I could put it above the prom because the prom is a piece of just absolute artistic imperfection on the part of the Saved by the Bell gang. This one's up there. I love. I just love everything about this. I love the schemes. I love the idea of losing the dog, breaking the statue, having a party. It all just hits home. It's like the natural progression of where these characters are going. They're having parties, these big get-togethers. I love every second of this. The Elvis references are even funny to me. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> I couldn't be a bigger fan. I just, I'm unabashed fan. I, you can't talk me off the ledge because I just this is I just want to stand up and shout for this episode. Risky business, rip off as though it may be. Maybe that's why I like it so much. Yeah, maybe so. A very quality film and a quality episode, even though it may have uh, stolen a few things here and there from it. But uh, yeah, this is a strong one for me. I really like this episode. I'm not sure I can put it above Driver's Education for me just because I have some strange connection from my childhood to Mr. Tuttle and, and the jokes and how I thought that one line was just the funniest line in the series. And 
I, I just love the banter between Mr. Tuttle and Mr. Belding, and I, I just love Driver's Education, everything about that episode. But this one I absolutely love too. Maxwell Nurseroom, thank you so much, Jeff Ash, for coming on the show, being a guest uh, on the Save by Nostalgia podcast. Can't thank you enough. Love the character of Maxwell Nerdstrom. Uh, but there was Tori Spelling in this episode, so I think it's got to go down a little bit. Like you said, there's a lot <laughs> going on. You lose Hound Dog, you got to replace the statue. You've got uh, Maxwell dating Legs, Jesse. Uh, you've got a lot going on this episode, so there is a lot to like. Uh, and a line that I really like that we didn't get to uh, once uh, Maxwell sweeps them in pokers, wipes up, and takes Hound Dog away. Uh, Zach is angry and says, that's it. Nerdstrom is going to regret the day he met Zach Morris. Slater leans over and says, most of us already do. Well, why did they just beat him up and take the dog? I always wondered that too. Just uh, yeah, that's a not... good one. There's not enough just pummeling to solve problems. That and there was one horrible, cringeworthy moment in this episode which we didn't get to, but it's where um, Screech's mom calls, wanting an update from how the house is going, and wants to talk to Hound Dog. Of course. Oh my God, and I have that Screech... in here, but I, we didn't get to it. I know. Screech hands hands it over, uh, hands the phone to Zach, and he just sits there going. And it's hor- it's so cringeworthy. It's so cringeworthy that Mark Paul Gosler is cringing doing the scene. Samuel, is everything okay? No. I mean, yes. Oh, good. Uh, let me say hi to Hound Dog. Who wants to say hi to Hound Dog? What do I do? Oh, give me a second. What? You notice that like he says yes. a couple ridiculous grunts dog noises and then like cringes like i can't do this this is horrible <laughs> i know there's several moments throughout the series where i'm like i know these are kids but at some point do you stand up and be like i'm not doing this like i've got a career to think about further down the line after say by the bell ends <laughs> like i can't have these pictures this video out there and uh screech's mom asking I think just to give the phone back to Screech, if he can, she can talk to Screech again. And he's like, okay. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. I can't say that line. I'm not doing it. Just uh, writers come in and do something else here. Just scrap this scene. I can't do it. Well, we are not going to scrap this episode and we've got many more to go. This has been House Party. Again, a seminal Save by the Bell episode to me. Uh, you can subscribe to everything we're doing on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, and on Spotify. We hope that you will do that. Leave us some feedback. We've got a lot of big guests coming up. More episodes as we are knee-deep into Season 2, and we're going to keep it rolling. we got some movies coming up. Movies like Summer School, The Wizard, Little Big League, Karate Kid, Field of Dreams, and we've got guests to go along with each and every one of them. That's what we do here on Save by Nostalgia. Your money stays and plays with us all summer long as we are taking you back to the Wonder Years.